grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Alright. How do you uh, give speeches? Do you like public speeches? Raise your hand. Any public speeches? One. We're good. Two. Okay. Very good. Couple. Couple, right? Now, I, I ask this question because most of you actually do public speaking. You just don't know it. So let me ask this question. How many of you teach like anything? How many of you are a manager over at least one other person? So on the flow chart, there's at least one other person beneath you, right? Okay. Uh, let's see. How many of you are in sales? Have you contractors? Or you write your own bids, you present your bids? All right? You all do public speaking. You just don't know it, but you do it. And all of you have had the experience of having to talk with someone who doesn't want to hear what you have to say. You've all been there. And you're talking and talking like this person is tuning me out. You've all been there. When you have kids, you've been there. All right, okay. So Isaiah has this problem. He has to give a message that people don't want to hear. They don't want to hear what he has to say. And so he decides to sing a song. Now, most of you probably can't pull this off. It'd be a little weird. You know, you're showing a house as a real fear. You're like, and here's the walk-in closet. You know, you can't pull it off. But Isaiah, his time of culture, pulls it off. He says, I will sing you a love song. Who doesn't love a love song? He's in the uh, outdoor area, either the temple courtyard or a marketplace in a very public place. And he's saying, I'm going to sing you a love song. And that will attract the crowd, right? And he begins the song. And I'm not sure if he actually sang this, but this was a poem that he told. But he uses these words. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and cleared it of stones and planted it with the choicest vines. This is a good beginning. It's a great start. Because every single person listening to Isaiah either was a farmer or knew someone well who farmed. This is the language of that day and age. They all knew this. And they all knew the hard work that went into tilling the soil and planting seeds or vines. It's God's audience. They're interested. They're hooked. The love song and the analogy is of a figure. They know this. They love this. And he continues his song, his poem. He built a watchtower in it and cut out a wine press as well. <laughs> Okay, this song probably doesn't have a good beat. It's probably not easy to dance to. But the words are fantastic because he's describing someone who's putting in a ton of work into this relationship because it was not easy uh, to build a watchtower. It's expensive. And not only were you going to build a watchtower, you had to pay someone to man the watchtower at night. Because what could happen is people at night would drop, come by, they would steal your your produce. And so you would man that watchtower at critical times of your planting and your harvesting. It's expensive. And then a wine press. Not only was it hard to build, you couldn't 
physically move it around. They were tricky things to make. Here's a picture of a couple of them. You see the wheel right there? So you put your, your grapes or your olives inside that little stone container, and then you push the wheel around. And it would crush the grapes, and you collect the juice. The real nice one would be to have a funnel down. And so the juice would just kind of funnel out, and you have a bucket there to catch it. If you had a big operation, you'd use these heavy stones. And so you'd wench a wench that would kind of lift the stones up, and then you'd drop it right on the grapes or the olives. And you'd collect your, your juice that way. Expensive. Tricky. Valuable. You're not picking that up, operation and moving it to some other vineyard. You are investing in this vineyard. This is a labor of love. And it's a love story. It's a good love story. But like all country love songs, you know the twist is coming. And here it is. He looked for a crop of good grapes, but it only yielded bad fruit. The Hebrew is even more stronger. It says like rancid fruit. Not only was it bad, it was horrible. It was horrible. Not just kind of on the poor side or lesser quality. It's unusable. It's absolutely wretched. If this is a country love song, you know, the, 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 the woman's run off, the dog dies, the truck breaks down, you know how it goes. Incidentally, you know how you, what you get when you play a country love song backwards, right? Get your truck back, get your dog back, get your dog back. That's how it works. And we know this story. We've all lived this story. We know the, the pain of unrequited love, or the heartbreak of a broken heart. We know what it is to hear this song and the pillow up, pull out the big lighters or, or the cell phone app and you just wave your light over the air and you're like, oh yes, every rose has a thorn. You sing it, poison. You sing it. We've all been there. We know this love song. And so Isaiah continues his poem, his song. Now you dwellers in Jerusalem and people of Judah, Judge between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done for my vineyard than I have done for it? When I looked for good, good grapes, why did it yield only bad? Isaiah is a poetic genius. He's got his audience in his hands right now. And they're screaming, nothing! You did everything possible! Everyone knows it's Everyone knows the pain of the child who just walks away from a family or a promising relationship that just doesn't work out. And right now, Isaiah's audience is just a little weepy right now. Sing it, Isaiah. Sing it. This is a good song. And so he continues his poem and says this. Now I will tell you what I'm going to do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge and it will be destroyed. I will break down its wall and it will be trampled. I will make it a wasteland, neither pruned nor cultivated, and briars and thorns will grow there. It sounds getting a little intense now. It's going in a direction the audience did not intend. 
when they're implied it's going to go. This is not your typical country love song. This is a little more intense than, you know, you better dig two or something like that. This is, this is harsh. This is hard. And then it gets even weirder. Isaiah sings, I will command the clouds not to rain on it. never sang anything like this, right? Garth Brooks has friends in low places. He does not have friends who command the clouds not to rain on a certain weather. He does not have friends who command the weather. Isaiah continues. The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel, and the people of Judah are the bodies he delighted in. Song, huh? That's much better than a sermon. Isaiah draws us in the heartbreaking love song we all know. When we put our shoes, ourselves as shoes, the broken heart of love, with arms wrapped around the air, and then it all switches. Broke God's heart. Well, he's singing about the people of Judah, which, which isn't us. But the sins of Judah are our sins as well. And Isaiah describes them in the next line in the song. And he looked for justice but saw bloodshed, for righteousness but heard cries of distress. The Hebrew words for justice and bloodshed are very similar. They sound the same, there's only a few words difference. And same thing with the Hebrew words for righteousness or cries of distress. I would translate it wailing. Words are very similar. They sound the same. There's only a few letters of difference. Isaiah is using a pun in his song. He wanted righteousness and he gave you bloodshed. You wanted justice. I'm sorry, you wanted justice and gave you bloodshed. You wanted righteousness and you came to you. It's just as if Isaiah is saying. That, that we don't just disobey God. Sometimes we, we mold it into a ransom fruit. Sometimes the quest for justice becomes a quest for bloodshed. And it's easy for that to happen. Let me tell you a story. I was in college. I was a freshman in college taking uh, economics. A class you don't want to take, but everybody has to take it, right? Economics. And so uh, it was a large, large community college in California. I think it had like 30,000 students. I mean, this is like a small city, this place. And so the, the prof would, would give us a test, and you had all week to take the test, and you would take it in a testing room. And so you'd go into a testing room, and you had to show your ID that you really were who you said you were, and then you would get the test, and then you would, you would take the test with all these other people who were taking other tests in the class. And, and the prof said, I grade everything on a sliding scale. So top grade is, you know, becomes 100% and everything goes there. No, no, there. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. So I'm in this testing room, and I, I look over, and there's people who came in after me in, in my class, and they're taking the same exact test. 
and they're cheating like crazy. And they're, they're showing answers back and forth, they're passing papers, they're passing their test. The person who's proctoring the test is reading a book. I'm like, you know what? I want justice. This is a sliding scale. They're pretty vital. So I said, hey, justice 
and not give mercy. That's where our hearts are. We love justice. We love it when the bad guy gets it. It feels good. And God says, I gave you justice. very difficult, challenging charge to be people of both justice and mercy. To be people of, of, of courage and integrity. To be people of forgiveness and compassion. To be people who stand up for what is right and good and noble and honorable. And to lift up those who are not. say in your heart and out loud, there by the grace of God go I. Only by the grace of God. Because God's grace is good. It's real. It's for you. Praise God. Praise God for His amazing grace. Amen. May the peace of God Guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, the life everlasting.